<laughs> Welcome to the Alex Smithy Film Review! Ooh, man. Ben, where did we just come from? Well, you know, life in plastic, it's just fantastic it here. It is indeed. And we saw Barbie. We saw Barbie. And immediately upon hearing that Barbie was coming out, a movie about female empowerment, um, take you know, the, the absurdity of the patriarchy, Ben and I knew exactly what needed to happen. And that was two middle-class white, middle-aged men need to talk about this movie. Now, I did bring my wife, and I was able to use some surreptitious, you know, looking over her to see how she was reacting and listening to when she would laugh or, you know, when she literally uh, yelled out, I feel seen during one of those scenes. Uh, it gave me a little bit of uh, a female perspective that I can kind of chime in on, but uh, I, really, uh, uh, I really don't think that this movie was... 100% intended for us as our audience. No, no, this is we're not the core demographic. Right, right, right. Intended right, right. demographic, target demographic. Now, at the same time, this is written by um, the the star, the absolute uh, love of Sacramento, the okay. the heart, the bridge over Sacramento. I hear you guys have a nice bridge there. You guys are proud of. Yeah, there's a few what's things it there. Called? Yeah, what's what's that big? But you know what I'm talking about. The, the, the bridge. Yeah, they call it Tower Bridge there. Tower Bridge. Yeah, uh, she, she is bridging the genders. Okay. Okay. Aha! There we are. Yes. With uh, uh, this is Greta Gerwig. Greta of course, Gerwig. Uh, Lady Bird and other things. Francis Ha. Yeah. Um, so married to Noah Baumbach. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this movie stars uh, Barbie. And also Barbie, 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 Barbie Skipper, Barbie, Barbie, Ken, 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 Alan, Alan, Barbie, Midge, Midge yeah, and um, uh, Barbie. And uh, it is hilariously, first off, I, I absolutely, I want to get into the, the, the emotional part of this. Uh, first off, it's funny and it's got emotional things. For a movie that you already know is based on a product placement, meaning Mattel's Barbie, um, it was also co-funded by Chevrolet and uh, is the first major motion picture of Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, the reason why those two things really stick out to my boy brain, and boy did Ken make fun of me for this the entire time, um, Barbie's classic Corvette, mm -hmm. CH, and then in blue, EV, and then in silver, Rolet. I didn't catch that. Yes. yes. Uh, and then, of course, every vehicle, no matter what, uh, driven by a character was a GM product, whether it be a Chevrolet Suburban or a Chevy Trax or a Chevy, Chevy Blazer SS in electric blue. Um, all the vehicles were GM. And behind, uh, spoiler alert, Will Ferrell, the CEO of Mattel. Right. To his, over his uh, stage left, over his right shoulder, of course, was the building for Warner Brothers Discovery in the background. And over his left shoulder, the headquarters for GM. Uh, two buildings popularly known to have their headquarters right there in downtown Hollywood next right. to the Mattel building. Uh, ben, having uh, you have an amazing perspective to let us know about... Um, Los Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles. City um, of Angels. I'm trying to remember uh, which, what, what was the bank? I keep thinking Santa Barbara. What was Santa Barbara? What was the beach that they kept popping out at? Uh, probably Venice Beach. Venice Beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you've been you've been there. You used to pump iron with Arnold at Venice. Yeah, at, yeah, yeah that's at, called uh, Muscle Beach, folks. Yeah, muscle yeah and beach. I definitely had some variation of that muscle yeah. going on. And uh, uh, of course, you know, you 
all the popular downtown skyscrapers we all are aware of right. being the Mattel, GM, and Warner Brothers Discovery Buildings. Nowhere near Detroit, but yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so, first off, I thought that was hilarious. And it was only a joke for people like me and no one else. So I had to get that out of the way um, because this movie is about Barbie. Barbie. Now, Ben, uh, as a as a macho man growing up in the deep red state of California, yeah, uh, you played with Barbies as a kid. Uh, well, you know, maybe vicariously. Okay, yeah, maybe like I mean, whereas, I, know, I appreciate your 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 yeah. expanding your horizons. Whereas out, you know. I grew up in the liberal bastion that is Central North Carolina, this and I played with Barbies. Believe it or not, you my did? mom bought some Barbies and I played with them. Okay, yeah, you had a a, you had a can. You had they a, weren't. No, I just had a I had like space Barbie. Okay, I don't remember why. No. This is when I was very young. My sister had them. I played. I, I like my main go-to. Of course, was you know He-Man and Ninja Turtles and Legos, but I've always always enjoyed toys as a kid. Did you play it to the point where it became weird, Barbie? I did not. Okay. No, uh, because they were moms. I did not want to damage or lose anything. Right. Even at that young age, I I have I have not become a bad person until later in life when i was a kid i was actually i was actually quite sweet so most of our audience is probably familiar with the the product the that is barbie. barbie yeah, yeah i think barbies are i think are they international they must they be right very international yeah very much so um and this uh this cast was able to give you every you know the truth matter is that there is a barbie for pretty much every possible profession and lifestyle um you know, maybe not quite as advanced as Malibu Stacy, but you know, a, wow. a very, a very popular, a very popular toy that um, has over the years, and as we saw from one of the PSAs prior to the movie, is very much um, intended for female empowerment and yes. letting 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 little girls know that they can be whatever they want to be if they work hard and set their minds to it. Um, and the honestly, probably one of the best opening scenes I've seen. Since I guess 1977's 2001: A Space Odyssey. I think it came out before that. Really? 69, 68. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, this oh. this movie is yeah, a comedy, but it is a satirical true. comedy. Very much so. Okay, so it opens up with if you haven't seen 2001: Space Odyssey, I don't know where you've been, but there's a great little quick opening uh, to you know start the tongue in cheek attitude early on and heavy. Yeah. Heavy handed satire yes. is this movie's bread and butter. Margot Robbie. Uh, probably the perfect choice mm -hmm. uh, for this, and they they definitely did a little um, fourth wall breaking, a fourth wall breaking yeah. with that, yeah. Uh, which we won't tell. We won't say too many jokes, right. but uh, there there is a little bit of that self-effacing humor in here because yes, she is Margot Robbie, and uh, you have you have Ken played by Ryan Gosling, mm -hmm. two uh, exceptionally okay-looking people, and a Barbie. Yes, you have a Ken, yeah. a Barbie. That's correct. She's the stereotypical Barbie. She is, and he's like Beach Ken. He he is Beach Ken. His yeah. profession is Beach. He's Beach. Yeah. Yeah. He is not a lifeguard. His profession is Beach. Yeah. You get a lot of variations of Ken then too. Yes. You have uh, Shang Chi in the Ten Rings. Yeah, Simu Liu, who by the way, um, professional dancer before he make it made it big big as an actor. Okay. Um, so he got to show flex his uh vancouver based dancing skills uh we keep coming uh ben and i keep coming back to canada for our conversations is because it's so hot here yes um and uh you know how do you even talk about this movie and its plot well here's the thing this movie came <laughs> out i think at the right time because if it came out in like the 80s you, there wouldn't be enough of a movement behind it to 
be what it should be, which right. is what it, this movie really is. Back in the 80s, it would have been kind of like a, oh, kind of a Saturday afternoon, fun, tongue-in-cheek sure. yeah. movie that is now what weird science is. Right. You know, something you kind of like, oh, we shouldn't watch that anymore. This movie is very aware of its story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a thin plot, but the, the, the main vehicle here is, yes, female empowerment. Yeah. And turning a face back on patriarchy. So, therefore... All right, a mirror on itself, I'm going. Probably. I'm going to pull a pen out of a grenade and throw it, and Ben's going to either hard agree or hard disagree. I have a hard time believing you're going to have a gray area on this. This movie felt more like a Mel Brooks movie than pretty much anything else I've seen lately because it was joke, 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 joke. Yes, there's a storyline, and but the jokes aren't just silly or stupid. It's I'm I'm making Blazing Saddles style. Every joke has a cutting satire to every last bit of it and um it was it was sort of one of those deals where if you look back on okay so barbie's going to go to the real world no spoiler there it's in the trailer and then she's you know how does that impact either barbie world or the real world um yeah that plot is there but the dialogue and the back and forth and the delivery these were across the board pretty much actors with excellent timing Yes. And yeah, without yes. that, this movie would have failed. But, but instead, you have these jokes delivered exactly the way need, they need to be. Ryan Gosling knocked it out of the park because, first off, he's so good at... He knows how to be the pretty guy because he's had to do it since the Mickey Mouse Club. And then he goes, oh, wait, I have emotions. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can turn those on and off, and it's amazing. Margot Robbie, exact same thing. She's got this plastered-on smile she has to have. And yet, it, her eyes, she's able to communicate confusion and pain and frustration and it's yeah have you seen haven't seen i tanya yeah there's a scene at the end where she looks at the camera and she's trying to pretend and fool herself into being happy it's just a brilliant little scene because she she yeah she's a good looking person with acting talent yes with amazing bravado there uh and the mel brooks thing is interesting because mel brooks i mean you you're more of a fan than i am but he really didn't do the same movie twice correct he did he saw a movie like star wars he saw a movie like the westerns he said ah i'm gonna make fun of this yes and so it was really kind of new ground when he did that every time which gave him open playing field for picking at everything and doing those jokes as a first time thing this is the first barbie movie yep. i think i've seen that wasn't the cartoon back in the right. day and i mean you've seen other toy movies like transformers he-man things like this but i think this is the first live action barbie movie right absolutely so it was open yes. playing field is my point absolutely. for greta gurig so there's lots of like we're gonna make fun of things so everybody who played with the barbie the audience is getting the little inside jokes of how barbie like topples over mm-hmm. or why there's no genitals right or how they're drinking from like a tea set that nothing's coming out like there's always little things that when you played with barbies again i didn't right but i'm getting the jokes too and well, it's helping right, with the so audience ben, did you play with too. any toys as a kid yeah sure are you allowed to yeah, so yeah, what joe did, voltron joe? transformers right. yeah so uh uh, G.I. is a good example. So uh, G.I. Joe's were relatively expensive to have both sides of it. Generally, you'd have your favorite four or five. Yeah, you don't have an army. Yeah, yeah. and you're watching the show, and it's just like, we've got the army, so they can drive in the giant truck and have the lasers. I don't and have whatever. that toy. <laughs> and, uh, well, obviously, you blew all the money on the Master System. Callback joke! Anyways, <laughs> okay. um, the uh, I know, that's from like seven that's years so ago. so old, um, yeah. Uh, and so, like, this movie really did have a trick of we've got this little thing, and it's there's an infinite number of Barbies and a different, infinite number of Kens, and I'm, I'm exaggerating, but, like, it really was, you sort of saw them tertiarily. Like, those are the ones you saw on the shelves or your friends might have had. 
this movie really puts the viewer in the position of Margot Robbie's Barbie is your Barbie. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling's Ken is your Ken. And, you know, you would, you'd have like the Ken try to kiss the Barbie and then no, it's denied. And all, yeah. just, it really did have that feeling, particularly in Barbie world of an invisible hand. They made the joke about the hands, by the way, but everything felt like it had an invisible hand yeah. in that it was yours. And so when the movie took a turn and it turned into, well, each Barbie had a little girl. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but um, that connects in, you know, that connects into it emotionally or whatever. Uh, my brain kind of went, oh, okay, well, all right. I thought I thought it was the viewer, but that's fine. I'm fine with it being somebody else. But also that was around the time that that invisible hand let go. So it was fine. Yeah, that, there's some Toy Story DNA there, of course. Very much. Um, yeah, so... It, <laughs> If I always saw it was the trailer, we're not going to say too much about the plot here, other than yeah. she, you know, she has a experience that makes her question her reality, and then it goes to the real world, then it's a fish-out-of-water story, but then it's a reverse fish-out-of-water story. And that's kind of the plot. She moves back and forth between, quote-unquote, universes, even though the, the pretend universe is very obviously a pretend universe. Yeah. Everything is very just bubbly and fake and plastic and just joyful and nothing's wrong as utopia. Uh, the real world, of course, is not that. But the real world didn't also feel fully like the real world. Um, and I don't know if that was intentional by Greta Gerwig or not, but like there's a chase sequence where yeah. it says it's so zany it's and Blues cartoony. Brothers. It's like, wait, yeah. is this like, the contrast was just it was diluted because it was very cartoony to the point where it's like, well, why, why even bother then? Because there's nothing that shocks her in the face. I mean, there's a little bit of that in the beginning when she comes. They're all wearing the, the rollerblade outfits and it's yeah. hilarious. Oh, fish out of water is always kind of fun for a bit as a gimmick yeah. for a bit. And then it's just like, OK, well, we're back to the plot now, please. And Will Ferrell's in it, and there's just like these one-dimensional characters everywhere, and it just—I didn't see a plot moving other than okay, you've made your point, but the jokes work as like a SNL skit. Like, yes, I, I'll get that for like six minutes. I'll give it to you on SNL to do like the funny, funny thing because they did it with He-Man once and it was funny. Yeah, um, and I get that you can make a movie out of this, but once I've I've got the gimmick and I'm in on the joke, where's the story? Right. So, I mean, it just didn't feel very strong storyline-wise. Did you yeah. feel differently? Well, I, I didn't feel differently, and I felt disappointed that as this was apparently in the um, the toy universe of Will Ferrell playing a character in a toy movie. Lego movie. Fascinating. Okay. Uh, way to, way to you know, expand there. Uh it was a showcase for a ton of jokes, and that's why I felt like it was history of the world kind of, let's just make jokes and make social commentary, and the story doesn't matter. So I'm, I'm more okay with it with that in mind of it's designed to be a type of movie that doesn't get made anymore. And the fact that clearly the Mattel people were totally fine with being raked over the coals. Uh, I'm... Usually, you don't see the execs from businesses being okay being portrayed this evilly, or not evilly, but bumblingly. You're kind of getting ahead of the game there, like, like, look, no, no, we're we're woke, we're aware of things, we're. But and um, then the other part was uh, my other favorite part about this. This is going to sound terrible. Is <laughs> go for a it. Hollywood interpretation of what real life is like, and so we go into the Mattel building, and Ben. I know you work in the plant, so you don't have quite the same, but you all, you do have cubes there. When I saw their completely closed-off cube with wow. no doors, yeah. with relatively high walls, I was jealous because I thought that was better than what we have. 
<laughs> that you... cube, that cube was huge. Yes. And they had relative privacy. Yes. Leave me alone so I could work. That was. I would maybe go back to the office if I had a metal sadness cube instead of the low wall wow. fabric sadness. That was cube. obviously symbolic of so, the closed mindedness and yeah. you know patriarchal nature, which is the message you got every seven minutes in this movie. They they may have mentioned it. Yeah. Um, some characters. It's an important may, message, yeah. but there's, it's about balance. But it's it's also at the same time, the point of the imbalance was completely purposeful. It's. We have utopia. We yeah. must corrupt utopia. Yeah. The the idea of there must be black and white. And then you go into the real world, and this is where he talked about it being cartoony. And this was the thing that shocked me the most. And this is a, this is a spoiler through omission. I was shocked that Will Ferrell was not an escaped Ken. That would have been a cool twist at the end. I was con- because yeah. he was silly, and all the people would run yeah. and act non-human yeah. during the chase scene and the cars would bounce and go and do things yeah. that cars shouldn't do my thought process was okay when she's in the real world she's bringing some of the magic of barbie land with her which is allowing for this cartoony stuff to happen in the real world and then when it was amplified within mattel i thought it was because a kin yeah, from who felt before. slighted and wanted to have the reverse of that, much like Ken G- Ryan Gosling's character yeah. here. Like, oh, men have the power in this world. I want to stay here. Exactly. That's an interesting point. I think it's probably a missed opportunity. In a totally, plot. because I mean, hell, he's got the same curly hair as Ryan Gosling. Anyways, uh, <laughs> and he's sitting there with his drumsticks, like he's like he's Chad. What's his name from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers? There, this yeah, is yeah, a exactly. very very California movie. There wasn't a, <laughs> there wasn't a big twist at the end. It, I, from the first ten minutes of like, okay, I know where the plot's going to go. Yeah. And it, there was no surprise to it at all. Again, it's an important message to point the finger back at patriarchy and the decades of movies that did the opposite of that. Yeah. But once you made the point, have a plot that I care about. Have some character arcs beyond the predictability of what we saw with the lead can and lead Barbie. Which, I was just kind of bored after the first half an hour. Which brings me to another question. Was this a PG-13 kids movie? And that's my other point, yeah. It, it is a PG-13 movie. We saw people bringing their five- and six-year-olds in here, and 95% of this movie will go over their head, and some of which is kind of offensive unless you're – or you don't understand the joke, I yeah. guess, because the last word in this movie is the word – you know, we we'll, yeah. won't say what it is, but it's not, it's not going to re- resonate with a five-year-old. Right. So just because your daughter plays with Barbies, do some research, read a few reviews, find out this is worth your time and money to go – and see this movie because I, I think it's mostly for teens and up and those who grew up playing Barbies. Uh, we are obviously, we talked about this, not the core audience, not yeah. the targeted audience for this. this and that's this fine. This movie 100% is not for, it's, it's, it's not intended for men. And the, there's also, you're talking about stuff going over heads. I am telling you, there is stuff that went over our heads. There was very sure female, there some, sen- yeah. not some. I'm saying, there was a lot. There was a lot of emotional things and a lot of relatability things that you and I are not equipped because we haven't lived it. Yeah. We can empathize. Yeah. But we haven't lived it. And this movie is intended for the people who have lived it. Yeah. 100%. And, and uh, I, I fully get that, like, I don't feel like well, I'm going to, I may make some sort of uh, pronouncement at the end of this podcast assigning it some sort of arbitrary value based off of how much sure. I think someone should watch it. Not guaranteed, but I might do that. I really don't feel like I'm equipped to properly 
adjudicate this film. I mean, I can adjudicate it as a film. I think what we're saying here is not meant for us as a film, and that's okay. Yeah. We don't. Not every film needs to be geared towards both Correct. genders. Yes. Uh, and that's. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go out and Ben Shapiro burn Barbies for 47 hours or whatever he did. Like this, there's there's people that are going to be outraged because they need to be outraged about something. This just was like, okay, it wasn't for me. That's cool. Uh, I fell asleep a couple times. I actually don't blame that on the movie. I blame it on the fact the theater was around 90 degrees, or at least it felt like it was to me. But. We can grade it just by our objective analysis of were you entertained? Yeah. Is this an entertaining movie? Should you go spend your hard-earned money on it? Right. Uh, message aside, which you will, unless you fall asleep even more than you did, <laughs> yeah. you'll still get it. Yeah. Uh, you'll still get the message. And it's an, like I said, it's an important message. Uh, it's just, for me, it was repeated to the point of like, I, I got it. Yeah. I got it. Is there entertainment beyond I got it and then the jokes? So let's step back and let's do something that we used to do a lot more. And... Let's let's go ahead and pre-assign that we've we've we have judged the story. Uh, this was a beautiful movie. It's a pretty movie. It's a pretty movie. It's you, uh, you like Wes the, Anderson, yet with yes. the saturation somehow turned the, up. The pastels, yeah. It was the saturation in clarity because yeah. Wes Anderson's kind of got like a sixteen millimeter vibe yeah. going to it. Uh, this was a lot of pink, a lot of lavenders, a lot of blues, purples, lot lots of, bright, of like bright color, tropical colors. Amazing. I would say set production, but it's CG. If you even call it CG, it might just be animation. Uh, like they're they're just compositing things. Um, really, really cool, awesome art that went into this film. Um, Lizzo killed it with her commentary songs. I was sad when the commentary song only happened twice. If they're going to repeat something, let's have Lizzo and Her- Helen Mirren fighting more. That was a highlight of the movie for me. There was a little bit of like strain of Team America in that too. Yes, the Team, the team America kind of self-effacing. We realize what you're watching here. We're going to talk about it in the song. Uh, and then Helen Mirren did some narration. That was kind of you know tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. And we also had America Ferrara doing the very serious dramatic pullback and the big soliloquy at the end. In case you haven't got the point, I'm going to say it for three minutes now. Yeah. The point, and I think the daughter was played by is, the, is that the Gamora from uh, Marvel movies? No. Young Young Gamora. Oh, Young Gamora. Yes. Hmm. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she, I don't know, I don't know her name, but she's yeah. in this too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So production value wise, this is going to get nominated for you know art di- art direction. Yeah. Uh, it didn't impress me with the overall the music or the editing. It's yeah. like okay, you don't it was think it's fine. getting best original song for <laughs> Dua Lipa, Lipa's "Let's Go Dancing"? Dance, that, let's dance. Uh, hey, can we dance? It's dancing time. Let's that, dance now. That that dance, whole dance, sequence dance, threw me dance, off. Dance, dance, dance. The whole thing dance, 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 took dance, me out dance, of it, dance, and that's dancing. when I became bored. Yeah. Uh, the dance sequence is like this isn't necessary. Yeah, I get it. Ben has a history of hating dance sequences for the most part. Yeah, he hates. Yeah. Dan- oh, but I like La La Land. It's the reason why no. we haven't done RRR or any Bollywood movies. Oh, he we just should do RRR. Um, I know you hate it in Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Uh, <laughs> it was unnecessary. <laughs> so it's just he just he sees all dancing as unnecessary. Does He's, it wake you up in the ninety ben, degree theater? Does ben dancing wake you up? Is John Lithgow from Footloose? That is that is on record now. <laughs> he, he is he is a hundred percent, and that makes me Kevin Bacon because yeah, I was dancing in my seat. That's some that's some fantastic dancey dance dancing music. And the best part is that Dua Lupa says we're going to dance now. We'll dance, 
because I was worried about when the dancing would occur. And she said, we're going to dance now. So now I know when the dancing shall occur, and it is now. Now, you can speak on behalf of Mandy. She seemed to enjoy it. She absolutely. Sorry she's not here to give her opinion. She enjoyed it. And honestly. She sounded like she enjoyed it. And the other women in the crowd around us enjoyed it. And the simple fact is that there were some knockout home run jokes. Like, there was one time I let out a ugly guffaw. And it was in synchronization with my wife laughing at the same joke. I won't give that one away because it was the best one in the movie. And if you're going to see it, I don't want to spoil it. Um, there are some great, there's a bunch of chuckles. There's a bunch of huts. And, um, you know, there, there, are, there are folks who have a sense of humor that this movie is going to very much align with. And if, if you are able to, if you just really love Rye and you really love, you don't have a problem with repetition and sometimes comedy just works for you and you just like to have the same kind over and over again. I mean, Jeff Foxworthy's built an entire career off that concept. A little bit, yeah. And so this, you know, that's there for you. And there is in weaved in between all the abrasively obvious, this is bad, this is good jokes. There's also several little cutting little bits that were hilarious that were way more subtle. You just had to, unfortunately, have to be okay with getting past all the neon flashing light ones to get to those subtle ones. Clearly what I'm getting at is that this movie confused me and I'm having a hard time really wrapping my head around, which is the beautiful part about us doing this podcast every single time. The second we walk out of the theater, it, it's, it's the raw, the raw feedback. We're I will tell you, this movie was more pleasing to look at than the five cartoon trailers you saw beforehand for like trolls. Oh, you don't want to see trolls world tour. Oh my gosh. The trailer was a headache. I looked over and Mandy gave a big, <sighs> yeah, she was like, so she was, mad. She was so like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that exhausted me just watching that trailer. Yeah. Uh, and it, cause it was frenetic and ridiculous and it just, I don't know. It makes me think about, should we go to the movies? Like, you know, half an hour after the show, it's just to miss all yeah. the trailers because the trailers aren't worth it now. Yeah. Uh, it's just, Unfortunately, it's, it's you headache. have to, you have to get there early to get your seats unless you yeah. go to one of the assigned seats theater, which this one is not. No. And we just, we, we ready. I don't one, know. The duck one looks fine. It looks kind of fun. Yeah. But I mean, I'm waiting for the day when Nicole Kidman says goodbye uh, to her. Listen, heartache feels good. Heartbreak feels good heartbreak in a place feels, like this. Yeah. One day. All right, so then I've got an idea. Uh, let's shift gears again, shall we? Ha, that's a truck joke because men like trucks. And horses. And horses. I don't like horses. Uh, they are they are vehicles that kick you and bite you. Um, they don't spit on you like a camel. Camels, mm, they're gross. But because uh, that spit comes from deep down. Um, so, Ben, I want to shift gears. And... Uh, I want to talk, you know, first off, the economy is actually doing relatively well. Their manufacturing is up across the United States. This reason, of course, obviously, we're talking about economics. That is the purpose of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think did the, you think as a film review? This movie this, did $155 million the opening yeah, weekend last 100%. weekend. Yeah. And, and we'll, based off of how we were at Northgate on a Sunday afternoon, yeah. that was pretty full for it's Northgate. Quite, it was half full, which is very impressive yeah. for Sunday afternoon. And Mandy and I almost saw it in Nashville last week. Could not because all the theaters were sold out. Ooh. Okay. So, you know, does this mean that Hollywood has finally knocked it out of the park right in time for the actors and writers to both go on strike and the producers to be incredibly greedy and stupid? Um, yes, that's exactly what it means. It's going to be, this is a bright spot before a black hole. This is the, this is the, uh, this is the uh, bright point of the day before the storm rolls. You want to think in. about when you said that hmm. last movie we saw together before COVID. You remember what it was? Uh, 
It was Sonic the Hedgehog. Exactly, Sonic the Hedgehog. And that was the kind of bright, flashy spot of like fun. Like, man, that was great. See you next time, Damien. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's all retro reviews yes. for two years. <laughs> yes. Um, it, this, is, this is a bright spot. It's a very easy movie to advertise. You yeah. already have a lot of the fan base built into the audience that's going to go to it automatically, much right. like Transformers and everything. So it's an easy do. It's an easy one to put into the summer lineup of movies. Mm-hmm. Yes, same weekend as Oppenheimer. Very different movie. Really? A little huh. bit. A little bit. Different kind of bomb. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. And uh, a week after Top Gun, not, not Top Gun, excuse, Mission, Impossible Mission Impossible came out. Yeah. So I don't know what's coming out after this that's so got people's attention. Because it wasn't that you know, Blue Needle movie. Blue Beetle? Uh, Blue Beetle, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. Also known as The Last of the DCEU. Yeah. Um, after this, it becomes the Gunverse is what I'm going to call it. This is the last of the Shazam Flash... Black item DC movies. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care at all. Not at all. Uh, don't care at all. Wouldn't watch it on a plane. Yeah. And it's like, oh, cool. You know, Hispanic representation. Sweet. Do I care about DC's take on Iron Man? No. Okay. Did I care about it when it was in comic book form? No. Okay. It's not like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like, oh, man, this looks great. You know, no, this looks like Shazam again. Just a little too little too late. It's like, yeah. oh, the, the party ended. Where where have you been? Right. Yeah. Uh, so anyways. Uh, back to the scoring. Back to, well, no, sorry. back to the economic hard-headed. So inflation's actually down. Uh, unemployment is very low. Uh, it's actually, uh, it's still very much, you know, the, the uh, real estate bubble hasn't popped. The commercial real estate bubble hasn't popped. And so you are working harder and harder to get less you know, inflation is down, but at the same time, costs of things are up and there's turmoil in the world. You know, Russia, Ukraine, Iran's doing dumb stuff again. You know, things are things are confusing. So you've come to us and you've made the right choice for the last seven years. They have because what are you going to do with your investment income? Because if there's anything, dear fellow Xers, millennials, Z Zoomers, Alphans. Oh, you know more than I do about the uh, nomenclature yeah, there. Obviously, unlike boomers that you know they bought they bought their first house by saying hello and giving them a box of, box of raspberries. You can now get a cardboard box for four hundred thousand dollars downtown. Um, so you need to know where to put every single penny, and that's where you came to us. That's a smart call. So you've come to the Alan Smithy Film Review, America's leading number one. Uh, Pulitzer Prize um, in, cons- aware. In, in, in the running. <laughs> no, we're aware of it. Yeah. Um, they're not aware of us, but we're aware of them. Um, economic, you know, forget Jim Cramer, forget Lou Dobbs. Uh, those guys are hacks. As film experts, we are widely considered. Yes. All the time, we're considered. And um, so, therefore, what we've done is we've taken extremely... We have this massive algorithm. So, I went over to Ben's house. He has... Um, beautiful mind style scratched the algorithm for our scoring process in all of his walls. Although sometimes it just says um, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. But that's fine. And uh, it's every single surface throughout entire his entire house. Uh, his wife has it as a tattoo now. It's very strange. I think you're going too far, but it's okay because you're sacrificing for our listeners. This and I appreciate the that. story of worlds. I'm become movie. And so with this, we we got to the the sum of the equation. We got to the the product of this amazing algorithm. And Ben presented a concept. 
He called me up. It was 4.44 in the morning. And he says, Damien, I just saw the worst movie ever. It's called Fantastic Four. But there's one thing about it that I like. Four. And he hung up. And I re- like my mind was blown. It was like I was sitting under the tree, like you know the Buddha, or I was uh, you know walking into Xanadu, the movie with Olivia Newton-John, not the, not the religious place. Yeah. And the- I was able to I was able to see a glowing four, rise above the horizon and shine a warm glowing light across uh, Wall Street and the other business areas of America. One day I'm waiting for you to do, do analogize this to um, Rosebud in the beginning of the season, came but saying four. Not Rosebud. The Forer. The Forer. The Forer. Wow, you're reaching back to Apocalypse Now. Oh, I'm sorry, Citizen Kane. I reached back <laughs> to Apocalypse Now? Okay. But you twisted it like really almost yeah, like alarmingly quick to Coppola Land. That's what I do. That's what you do. And so, therefore, we have created for you a four, count them four, not five, not three, not 3.14. Although, hold on to that four for one. We've created a four-point scale in which to make recommendations for you. Now, I screwed this up last time, so I'm going to darn well try to get it right this time. Four is you need to go see Barbie twice. At least. The first time, you need to see it in IMAX, or you need to see it projected on the side of the Grand Canyon. You need to see it in some sort of amazing, expensive way. And then the second time, see it in your favorite theater to pick up all the pieces that you missed. I will say that this movie probably is chock full of Easter eggs that because we're not true barbie aficionados we didn't quite we get. missed yeah i'm sure that there were jabs at american girl dolls and brats that we didn't even notice that would be a four see it twice once is get into your vehicle expend that marvelous deadly dinosaur juice in your vehicle and go to a theater that will not be as air conditioned as it should be while it's a thousand degree currently my truck says it's 94 degrees outside yeah. That's because we're in the shade. Is that why the Sinclair gas logo is a dinosaur? I believe so, yes. I just realized that. Yeah, yeah. fascinating, right? Fascinating. Although, in reality, of course, uh, it's gasoline is not made out of dinosaur bones. It's actually made out of compressed carbon from, like, swamp marshes yes, and, and the, plants and the, things the like that. the connection is there, yeah, you they're, imagine it's enough timey, to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's a three, is go see it in the theater. Two is stream it. We've all got streaming platforms. Um, I don't remember. Was this a Paramount production or... It was Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Because it was pink, remember? The pink so Warner this will be yeah. on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, probably by the end of the summer. By, yeah, by at least by yeah fall, yeah. October, November. Yeah, maybe Thanksgiving. So, hey, you've got that new Max. I'm sorry, not HBO Max. Go exit on me for on your X app that it's Max and not HBO Max because changing names of things that are dumber seems to be the trick of 2023. <laughs> um, watch it on Max is a two. One... Is runaways get into your pink Barbie Power Wheels four by four, which goes about the speed of an ambulatory man or woman walking down the sidewalk, rolling, rolling, like literally just on the ground rolling. Yeah, which don't do in Phoenix, you'll get burns because uh, it's 120 degrees out there. Um, run, roll away screaming. One is roll away screaming. Just or slide down your, ah! your greenhouse slides. Yes, your yes. your uh, dojo casa. Yeah, viejo. Can dojo mojo. Can dojo mojo. Whatever it was. Yeah. And, or mojo jojo. Actually, watch Powerpuff Girls. That's actually you know Guinea Tartakovsky also has a new product coming out. Anyways, one is run away screaming to your vehicle, to your hot power wheels, and then ride away slowly screaming 
to your pink Cadillac and then, because it's a GM product, uh, and then drive. drive. You know what? Drive to Los Angeles in your pink Cadillac and drive straight to the GM headquarters. Yeah. Yes, yeah. right next to Warner Brothers Discovery. In Century City. And lodge your complaint. Yes, let's say I had a real problem while you're there. And also, you know, if you if you do me a favor, this is just Damien. Ben probably sports it also. Uh, stop by like Sam's Club or something and get a couple pallets of water and take it out to the picketers. They deserve it. Um, the writers and the actors and honestly, I think Iatsi's probably going to go on strike. Um, all these people that don't do the work are making all the money. Let's let the people that do do the work have a roof over their head, have food on their plate. This isn't conjecture. This isn't hyperbole. They are underpaid. They used to make a regular living doing this work. All of that is being stolen from them. Thanks to streaming. Thanks to streaming and in a large a part. Bit, a little bit of AI in there, too. Yes. And AI is the AI piece, the, the whole, we're going to scan your face and own it for per perpetuity for 160 mm -hmm. bucks. Absurd. Absolutely absurd. So this has nothing to do with right or wrong on you know the, the producer standpoint. They're in the wrong. I was wondering, Period. like, what happens when James Joel Jones dies? How are we going to let Darth Vader's story continue? But now I know. Yeah. And now we're at that point in time where, like, oh, we can do that. Mm -hmm. Because I've heard examples, and it's it's like, yeah, we don't it's need terrifying. the actors like we, we used to. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it is terrifying out there. The reason you don't see big-name stars out there picketing with them is because, one, it distracts. Yeah. And also, two, the message will get, you know, kind of pie in the face. Like, oh, Tom Cruise, $20 million a picture. Why is he striking, you know? Right. So it's a distraction, and it would dilute them. Yeah, the working-class actors out there are yeah. the ones who need their due. And the writers as well. Like, watch, watch a movie and pull all the background actors out of it in your head and realize that you're just watching a couple people talking to each other in an empty room. Background actors bring life to a film and they deserve they deserve to be treated like human beings that is work it is all day or multiple days brutal hours mm -hmm. you know brutal conditions sometimes they deserve it it's the inconsistency of it too like there's a documentary about 10 years ago called that guy in that thing yeah like, oh you're that guy in that thing because it's you, you know his face or her, her face but you don't know what they've been in because they are they are the working actor yeah they're the ones that are waiting for the next job that are consistent they're doing audition tapes yeah they don't get the phone call and a script off at the door every other day that's 99 percent of the 0.9 mm percent -hmm. of the industry out there so anyway we're, we're tangenting a little bit here but it is important no, to mention that no, we're still talking this is economics this is, this is this is finance this is investment um if you are a shareholder Vote. Tell the, tell the producers to stick it in their ears because you believe in a just society. So with that being said, Barbie, Ben, we have a four-point rating scale that you, of course, helped invent. We're primary because you're much smarter than I. You have an MBA. I don't have an MBA. I don't know ben, it's relevant to this. 100% relevant because you've taken the, you've seen the case studies. You've done the math. <laughs> um, whereas I'm just the face. I'm just the pretty one. And, um, you know, you're the brains of the operation. So... Therefore, I gotta ask you, Ben. What are you giving Barbie? So, okay, well, ten years ago when Speed Racer came out, mm -hmm. looked pretty good, right? It looked like okay, this might be kind of fun, but I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. You go see it, and it's terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely garbage. Okay, I had the first reaction when I saw. It, I was like, oh, here we go, another one of those you know toy video game thing onto a movie screen. It's gonna be terrible. It's not terrible. It's also not great. I think there's a missed opportunity here, and I've talked about that. And I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but 
it's an SNL skit that goes two hours long. Mm -hmm. The message is set off right off the bat, and you get it, and I get it. You want to hammer that home, and you keep hammering it, and now it's hamburger, and the jokes are running thin, and it's pretty to look at, but the plot's kind of thin. I'm not sure I understand the left and right realities here of the Barbie land versus the real world. And it just felt too crowded. Yeah. It felt very crowded at the end of like, okay, wait, which now American Ferrara and her daughter, that plot here. So I, there wasn't like a easy to follow linear in it's what seemingly should be a very, you know, Barbie's pretty, yeah. <laughs> uh, on its face, you, you know what you're getting into with the story more or less. Um, and it just wasn't there. It wasn't there for me. So for me, not much of a shock. I'm giving mm -hmm. it a two. Okay. Yeah. We're aligned because here's the other part that I will say about this movie. This movie, this is going to sound really weird. This movie feels like it was made to exist in a time. Like, I, I wish it could be, you made a great point. You couldn't make this movie in the 80s. It would not have hit the same way. Right. But the way that we used to consume films as teenagers on a VHS or a DVD, where parents would sit down and watch their kids' favorite thing yeah. a thousand times. Yeah. Barbie is that. The way that's done now is that it is streamed. Yeah. And so that's why I'm giving it the two for stream it. First off, you have a max you have a max subscription. It ain't giving you much these days, so hey, maybe I'll have something for you this fall. Um I think that if I I, I haven't I have a asterisk and that is that if you did if Barbie means something to you, it's just like what Dungeons and Dragons was with you. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Um if you have an emotional connection to this brand, which is a very American thing to do, you're going to get more out of this. You might be able to enjoy it more in the theater than you do on a streaming platform. So you might enjoy going to the theater and seeing it. Do I think you're going to get a better experience in the theater than you would at your, on your home theater? I'm not so sure about that. Um, you know, there are, there are, Monty Python sketches that I've seen a hundred times, and it's it's not like the hundred the ninety ninth time the joke was different. Right. Um, you know, if you appreciate it and you enjoy it, you're gonna love it. You might you might you might push it to a three, but for Damien, this is something I probably could have waited to stream, and would have been just as happy with the experience. And going back to your point of this movie really isn't for us. That's not because we're dudes. It's because we just don't have an affinity towards Barbie. Yeah. I mean, whatever your gender, lifestyle is, you love Barbie, great. Yeah. You, you may. I just don't have that, you know, you fandom have, going. You got to have that hook. Yeah. In the words of the immortal philosopher John Popper, the hook brings you in. <laughs> yes. Uh, one of uh, going back to another '90s reference yeah, in this with Matchbox know. Twenty. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely some adult humor in this. If you grew up in the '90s, which I'm pretty sure Greta Gerwig did. Yep. Uh, that is all over the place and will again be missed by those. 13 yeah, or younger not, at least yeah. they're they're not listening to oldies music um so they're not going to be aware of it it's like 30 years old though you know roy orbison matchbox 20 elvis all the same all the same kind of music to them um so yeah that was the thing so ben changing changing gears to more of a prospect of looking forward to the future yeah I don't know what's coming out the rest of the year. You haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, though. I know, I, know, I, I know. saw. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, 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 Mandy and I are going to see it. So awesome. I don't, want, I don't want to talk about it just in case we podcast. We about will not. It. End of conversation. Oppenheimer aside, I don't. I we saw a bunch of trailers today. I don't want to see any of those movies. Nope. 
None of I don't know what's coming out for the rest of the year. Has the there, it's impossible. Movies take years to make, so it's, the writer strike and the acting strike and that's what, does not impact that's us what's this year. About to happen next year. It's next like year, all these things are going to go. Oh, but what happened this year? Blue Beetle. It's gonna yeah. What? Yeah. What's, the Marvels. What's coming out on Christmas Day? The Color Purple remake. The Color Purple, big and bold, with your absolute favorite executive producer, uh, Steven Spielberg. I know. I, hold your hold your side. <sighs> Luckily, Oprah also. Yeah. You know, she starting original. She's doing this one. Fine, e- fine, Equalizer fine. Three is coming out. I never saw Equalizer Two. I did not see yeah, either. I, I maybe I, maybe I saw the first one. I don't even remember. No. Trolls the no, band yeah. together. Nope. Uh, Tr- uh, Ninja Turtles. Duck. Ninja Turtles might be fun. Yeah, maybe. Probably, yeah. Again, though, it's like, hey, we grew up with turtles and we love it. And if you didn't grow up with turtles, you'd be like, what? You know, I fully get that. Um, I think there's a whole world of movies that are going to be coming out on streaming. Yeah. Uh, and that, streaming, streaming. And not only that, but also, uh, this is a great era for episodic television. Um, this fall, we've got Foundation. Uh, we've got uh, Justified uh, just came out with its new miniseries. It's amazing. You haven't watched Silo on Apple si- TV+. Oh, Plus. So good. Yes. So good. Uh, honestly, Apple TV Plus is currently the place to see sci-fi. They're kind of killing it right now. Yeah. I haven't watched the, the first season of Hijack. Yeah. Um, Hijack one, is good. There's more episode coming out, I think, still. But it's, it's, it's I'm you enjoying know, it. action. It's yeah. fun. Idris Elba is great. Uh, it's nothing totally new, but it's just good. It's well-produced action. Yeah. And then um, Amazon Prime's currently killing it. Uh, Citadel was good earlier in the year. Good Omens 2. Mandy and I binge-watched all of it okay. in two days. Um, uh, you've got the, uh, oh, man, the Zoe Saldana uh, spy thing coming up. Lioness. It's Lioness. Yeah. It looks really good. Um, Jack Ryan, uh, final the final season out. just happened. Uh, just binged it. Okay. Um, like, it's, it's a good time to be consuming streaming shows. And... Considering that the streaming services have decided that they want to make less content right around the time they want to stop paying people from working there in there. There it is. Uh, yeah, we're going into a big black hole. So this is this is my call. Here's my deal. Here's my here's my request. Hey, uh, Jim Atkins, lead singer of Jimmy Eat World, um, get back in the studio and tour like hell because we're going to need something to do. So tell all your other buddies out there in, uh, in the rock and roll world. Um, we need a lot more live entertainment because mm-hmm. apparently staying at home is about to become less of an option. That and live theater, too. Yeah. That's a different... They haven't gone on strike yet. Uh, yeah. Live theater, that's a thing, too. So, yeah, live live entertainment in person, not yep. a screen. Yep. Uh, Mandy and I went and saw Moody Malavi at the Comedy Catch a couple weeks ago. Stand up. Just as fun as it always has been. Absolutely live theater. If you haven't been to an opera or an orchestral uh, performance in a long time, maybe this is a good time to check it out. Go out and support your local people. You know, you don't have to travel to Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville and see the big names. Go see, uh, go see the little guys. Go see uh, the Knoxville Ice Bears hockey team. Go see oh, the, go see the Chattanooga Bears. Lookouts. You know, go see the Huntsville Trash Pandas baseball team. What Man. a great name. Um, you know, because uh, next year, y'all, we're going to be just. You know, luckily I, I'm a video gamer, and um, luckily so. it's an election year too. Oh yeah, distraction. Golly. I know, busy so. times ahead. But what uh, are you looking forward to? Yeah, What's coming out know. this fall? What's coming out this winter? And make some retro reviews. We haven't done a retro review in a while, and we need to. It's been a minute, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we it, still need to play the movie movie game. I we keep forgetting do. About that. We yeah. do. I, I just thought of one movie coming out that we definitely need to see at the IMAX downtown, and that is Dune. Now, Dune, I heard, is it being yeah. pushed? Because I heard it was being pushed. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. If it is, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Dune is something I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah. 
So, what's coming out, listeners? Post on our Facebook page. Post on our web page. Yep. Let us know. We take requests. We do indeed. And you're looking for Alan Smithy Film Review. The hard word to spell in there, it's spelled F-I-L-M. Alan Smithy Film Review dot com or Alan Smithy Film Review on Facebook. Also, tell your friends to listen to the podcast. We're on uh, we're on Google, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, where all fine podcasts are consumed. Uh, we continue to not be sponsored. If you'd like to sponsor this, I, I'm not opposed to it. We can cut yeah, some. If copy. it's like a carpet we, uh, business, we'll be sponsored yeah, by carpet sure. business. I'm you know? totally fine with that. The Alan Smithy Carpet Review. Uh, I don't mind laying down on some pet friendly carpet or something. Uh, that'd be fun, you know. Uh, we can we can sit on a piece of carpet while we're watching a movie or something. What, what, is, what does your dog Addie enjoy? What products? Addie, um, Addie recently discovered slobber bones in okay. East Brainer. This is a full service dog store, not pet store. Cats not welcome. Wow! It's like this is a dog store. They have an entire wall of toys. They have an actual bakery, so they have bespoke baked like doggy donuts and dog treats by the pound they it's, have a it's called what now slobber bones if we were <laughs> please try to get a sponsorship if it's five dollars hmm. okay you know let me just to be able to say yeah. that every time yeah slobber smithy film review brought to you by slobber bones <laughs> Please try to make that. I'm trying to manifest this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, for $35, they, you could drop your dog off, and they will wash your dog for you. Advertising. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And then you drop your dog off and go see a movie. So it all, again, just brilliant, brilliant economic financial advice from us. I'm obviously. loving this idea more than I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. Uh, so we want to hear from you guys. Yes. Let us know, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Bye.